Hi, I'm Micah Halpern. Thank you for joining me today as I do some thinking out loud. Our first segment is called Background Briefing. The first thing I've been thinking about is the big tent. I used to believe in the big tent. I believed in the biggest tent possible. It was all inclusive. And then October 7th happened. That's when my thinking changed dramatically. The big tent is an expression used to define the Jewish community. It is a metaphorical expression, and it embraces the idea that all Jews fit inside the big tent. I used to believe that the difference between Jews and Jewish organizations were small relative to what unified the Jewish community. Hence, my large inclusive tent was as large as possible. But ever since October 7th, and the reactions of certain Jews and certain Jewish organizations to that day, and to Israel's response to that day, and to Hamas, I can no longer be an advocate of the big, inclusive, big tent. If you are Jewish and you support Hamas, you should not be permitted in the tent. It's as simple as that. If you're Jewish and you do not condemn Hamas, you should not be permitted in the tent. The tent is not that big. The tent needs to tuck itself in and say to groups and people, organizations, members and non-members, that they are not welcome if they advocate for Hamas and do not condemn Hamas. The Jewish tent cannot permit those Jews who support the mass murder, mass murder of Jews under its cover. If you think this is not a big issue, think again. If you think how many people are actually talking about this, I'll tell you. Young Jews condemning Israel and supporting Hamas are all over social media, X, TikTok, Instagram, and others. Here is one very typical example on X. Anna Epstein, a student at Boston University, flat out says that she's Jewish, and she proceeds to explain that she's ripping down the posters of kidnapped people by Hamas, dragged into Gaza and held in captivity because, quote, you are reading into propaganda. You're supporting occupation, she says. You can hear the interview with this woman, woman and conclude for yourself. She is excluded by my understanding of the tent, as far as I'm concerned. So how prevalent is support for Hamas among young American Jews? Singal, a polling company, polled Jews in America from October 16th to October 19th, just over a week after the horrific Hamas massacre. And they discovered that 11.5% of those polled felt Hamas was justified in murdering, raping, kidnapping. It broke into two groups, 3.6% strongly agree, 7.9% somewhat agree. That's 11.5% too many. They also discovered that 57% of Muslims in America felt the same way. I have devoted my life to education in summer camps, in classrooms, in lecture halls, in corporate boardrooms, in corridors of power, in the media like this. And I do not think that we can educate these Jews. They are beyond educating, beyond the pale of acceptable Jewish behavior. Once upon a time, we would have called them self-hating Jews. But that term does not apply. It doesn't even do them justice. They are way beyond self-hating. It is time for us to excommunicate Jews who bash Israel and praise Hamas. We must put them in the rabbinic term, cherem. 
They are not welcome in Jewish life, not in any form of Jewish life. They support Hamas and give credence to their attacks by claiming to be Jewish. We must reject them. We cannot permit them refuge in our families and in our communities. Do not invite them to your family celebrations. Do not permit them into your temples and synagogues. Do not talk to them. Do not approach them. Do not bury them in the Jewish cemeteries. Do not say Kaddish for them. They are traitors to the Jewish community. They endanger the Jewish community. They are collaborators. This is not the first time in Jewish history where traitors were identified and placed into Cherem. At one time, the phenomenon of a Jewish traitor was so dangerous to the Jewish community that the rabbis changed the liturgy of Jewish daily prayer to address them. They added an additional blessing to the daily prayers. The blessing is called Birkat Haminim, a curse on the heretics. It is the 12th benediction in the 18 benedictions, the Shemona The change transformed the 18 benedictions, by the way, the Shemona into, which is the centerpiece of Jewish liturgy in Jewish prayer, into 19 prayers, although we still refer to it as the Shemona as the 18. The prayer is recited silently three times a day and out loud twice a day. It is a significant part of Jewish prayer. The Talmud in Brachot on page 28b records that Rabbi Shmuel HaKatan was commissioned by the rabbis of Yavne to write a prayer about disloyal Jews and groups causing damage and creating a danger to the Jewish community. Exactly who the Jews and the Jewish groups were is a matter of speculation, maybe a discussion for another time. During the Middle Ages, when groups of Jews collaborated with non-Jews attacking Jews, the European Christian censors of Jewish books changed this blessing. But the intention and the direction of the blessing was, and still is, targeted at Jewish traders to the Jewish community. We may need a new term for this group of people, but whatever the term is, it should not be based on anything Jewish. I would say Hamas supporters works for me. I suggest that the rabbis, just like those rabbis, we take these traders very seriously. For those readers who pray, this benediction should take on added significance. Coming up next, points of view. Today, I want to look at just one column. The column was published on November 4th, 2023 in the Times of Israel. It is a letter, a dear colleague letter, written by an Israeli archeologist named Aaron Meir. He writes to his colleagues abroad, to those who have not been in contact with him since October 7th. Meir writes a long and very powerful letter. If you have the time, you should actually definitely go and read the letter in its entirety. Here are some of the highlights. Every Israeli with friends and colleagues abroad can identify with Mayer. The column is entitled, Letter to My Colleague Who Didn't Check In. This is how he begins. Dear colleague, I hope all is well with you and your loved ones. Since I have not heard from you since last month, I am writing to update you about my situation. Unless you were totally preoccupied with personal health issues, or you were on an interplanetary trip to Mars, I presume you are aware 
that as of October 7th, 2023, a horrible war is going on in Israel. So let me immediately state, I am not okay. And neither are any of my family, friends, colleagues, and fellow citizens in Israel. On October 7th, early in the morning, Hamas, the barbaric Palestinian terrorist organization, commenced a wide-ranging assault on Israel, including firing thousands of rockets to extensive parts of Israel and massive ground attacks on communities and army positions in southwestern Israel. During this barbaric attack, Hamas carried out unimaginable atrocities, including killing some 1,400 people, wounding thousands more, and kidnapping about 240 people to Gaza. As the letter continues, Mayer describes in detail, much more detail, what he personally witnessed. And he writes that I sent you a description and you still did not answer me. In his words, he writes, the evidence for this barbarism is overwhelming. While supporters of Hamas state that there is no evidence of these atrocities, this is not so. Hamas murders themselves document these deeds on video which they broadcasted live and are available online until this day. In addition to this, the first responder and forensic teams who came to the sites immediately after the horrific attacks of terror found clear evidence of these horrific crimes. I myself visited several of the massacre sites a few weeks after October 7th, and while the bodies had already been mostly removed, clear and heinous physical evidence of these atrocities could still be seen. Subsequently, I wrote a testimonial about it, which was published and widely distributed, including to you. In some cases, the Hamas terrorists burned the victims in their homes, and all that was left were ashes. Due to this unparalleled situation, colleagues of mine, archaeologists from Israel, from the Israeli Antiquities Authority, were brought to these killing sites in an attempt to retrieve bone fragments and teeth in the hope of identifying those murdered and giving their surviving family closure. Like after 9-11, every effort is being made and no cost being spared to find and identify even the tiniest piece of physical anthropological evidence for each and every victim. You may even have read that the death of the late Shani Luke a 23-year-old German-Israeli woman was recently determined based solely on the discovery of a bone, which was determined to be from her based on DNA. Her family doesn't even have a body to bury and will thus forego a funeral. But they do know what happened to her. Israeli forensic specialists and their foreign colleagues who have come to help are collapsing under the weight of the immense undertaking Despite their consummate professionalism, both local and foreign coroners have been shown breaking down from the immensity of the unparalleled emotional burden that has befallen them. The evidence of this is undeniable. And as you may know, politically, I see myself as being left of center. For years, I have supported the calls for a two-state solution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, something that despite the horrific events of October 7th, I still adhere to, but only if the Palestinian state is demilitarized. Also, you may know that I am far from a supporter of the current government of Israel, and in particular of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. 
I strongly believe that he and his government are detrimental to Israel, and their actions have caused deep divisions within our society, weakening us as a country. In fact, the slow initial response to October 7th attacks may be connected to the weakened state of Israeli society. But let me keep crystal clear. As of October 7th, all Israelis, including myself, have had to completely review their prior assumptions. This is the case for those on the left, center, and right. It is obvious that many preconceptions on all sides were wrong. No, Israel's strength and settlements did not deter Hamas. No, Hamas, as the rulers of Gaza, were not going through a de-radicalization, since they supposedly had to think of the best interests of the people of Gaza. And no, as proven time and, and again, withdrawing from land did not enable Palestinians to found a flourishing state. In fact, it often brought on more terror. It appears that due to such simplistic and binary understanding of the world, the very ability to discern between good and evil has been abandoned. These attacks do not mean that you have to abandon one's belief about Israel-Palestinian conflict. Divergent views on this are within the realms of acceptable. But if being pro-Palestinian means that you support the murder, rape, torture, and abduction of civilians, including infants, children, women, elderly, and sick, then you condone and support and enable the barbaric terrorists. Mayor concludes his letter saying, what is on every single person's mind? That if you agree with Hamas, you are on the wrong side of morality and the wrong side of history. And I do not want to hear from you ever again. And this is how he concludes. I'm quoting here. Since I haven't heard from you, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to update you, as many friends and colleagues did write or call to check on how I was doing. I was not sure where you stand. I hope you will stand against the murderous barbarism of Hamas. If you choose not to, you're placing yourself on the wrong side of history and morality, just as those who condone the murderous actions of the Nazis, of Khmer Rouge, or of ISIS should not be considered as being worthy of having anything to do with. So if you don't take a stand here and now, the rancid and repulsive character of your clearly immoral background is crystal clear. If this is the case, and I truly hope this is not so, and you can't bring yourself to explicitly condemn the murderous actions of Hamas, I'm not interested in having any connection personal or professional with you in the future. Political disagreements are fine, but condoning barbaric murder, torture, and imprisonment of civilians is not. Just as I don't interact with neo-Nazis, I won't have any contact with supporters, explicit or implicit, or the barbaric Hamas terrorists. I do hope you take my words to heart. Sincerely, Aaron M. Meir. I hope this piece resonates as powerfully for you as it did for me. It's enormously, enormously powerful. Coming up, commentary through cartoons where pictures tell the story. I wanna show you five items today. The first three are cartoons, then a rap song. Yes, a rap song. And finally, an Instagram piece posted by a family living in Manhattan, a wonderful family of influencers.
This first cartoon, we have characters representing the extreme right and the extreme left. They are both jumping on the grave that has a Star of David on its tombstone. The cartoon creator artfully shows the nexus between the extremes on the left and the right. They are unified by their hatred of the Jew. He calls it common ground. Next up is a cartoon of President Biden coming off Air Force One. He's walking a tightrope. Actually, he is teetering on the tightrope. Below the tightrope are Israeli flags and the signs that welcome him to Israel. Yes, the President of the United States needs to do a balancing act. Biden has been strongly condemning Hamas, and we hope and pray that he stays strong in his support for Israel and the condemnation of Hamas. Israel needs his strong support. This last cartoon depicts three Hamas terrorists who have found safe space. They are hiding behind an ambulance. Jake Sullivan, the White House National Security Advisor, recently said that the White House does not want to see fighting inside hospitals. But when terrorists hide in the bed in hospitals and Israel's goal is to get to the terrorists, it is inevitable that there will be fighting in the hospitals in Gaza. Now a rap performed by Ari Lesser. The song was actually written in 2014, nine years ago, during the last conflict between Israel and Hamas. Almost 10 years later, it is still so profound and on target. Take a listen. Israel, that's cool, but if you support Hamas, you're a fool. Unless you want radical Islamic rule and stockpiles of rockets at your kid's school. Remember, they send their own people out scrapped with suicide bombs blowing up in their lap. You think they seek peace? That's a bunch of crap. They just want to wipe Israel off the map. Let me start off slow so you don't get lost. Palestinians are not the same as Hamas. Though they may live in the same location, Hamas is a terrorist organization. They might call themselves freedom fighters, but they're just like the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, using lethal force against Arabs, Jews, and anyone else who disagrees with their views. Due to their violence, they have been banned from Jordan, Canada, and Japan, the whole EU, plus the UK, Australia, Egypt, and the USA. But in Israel, the situation is harder. They kidnap Israelis and use them to barter. If one murders Jews, he's raised as a martyr. Just take a look at Hamas's own charter. They want Islam controlling the whole Middle East, two states don't interest them in the least. So tell me how Jews are supposed to make peace with the enemy who just wants to see us decease. You want to criticize Israel, that's cool, but if you support Hamas, you're a fool. Unless you want radical Islamic rule and stockpiles of rockets at your kid's school. Remember, they send their own people out strapped with suicide bombs blowing up in their lap. You think they seek peace? That's a bunch of crap. They just want to wipe Israel off the map. Gazans are living in poverty. But Hamas just went on a building spree of underground tunnels through which they planned to unleash attacks on Israeli land. They used 80,000 tons of cement, a valuable resource which could have went to development of new apartments to help Palestinians who can't pay the rent. Iran has given them hundreds of millions, but they shoot it all at Israeli civilians. Their rockets get blown by the Iron Dome while their own people are starving at home. And it's 
even worse on the battlefield where they wield civilians like human shields. Israel uses weapons when its people are threatened, but Hamas uses people to protect its weapons. If I was from Gaza, I would be pissed. But to be honest, I wouldn't resist because Hamas's rivals all wind up dead, tortured before they get shot in the head. So you want to criticize Israel, that's cool. But if you support Hamas, you're a fool. Unless you want radical Islamic rule and stockpiles of rockets at your kid's school. Remember, they send their own people out strapped with suicide bombs blowing up in their lap. You think they seek peace? That's a bunch of crap. They just want to wipe Israel off the map. This is a clip from an Instagram post by Lizzie Savitsky, a major powerhouse in defending Israel on the new media. It's a clip of her children and their husband as they're at Hunter College looking at the kidnapped posters of their peers who were taken into captivity by Hamas. We're hearing them express their feelings about what's going on. This is enormously powerful, I think, and very meaningful. Take a listen. Today we went to Hunter College, where lots of posters from the hostages got ripped out. This is Gal. He's 11 years old like me. He got kidnapped with his little brother, who's the same age as my little sister. They're currently held hostage in Gaza. This is Gal's little brother, Tom. He's nine years old, just like me. I can't imagine how scared he must be. His dad and his sister were both killed. This is Abigail. Both of her parents were murdered by Hamas. She's in Gaza all by herself. I can't imagine anything sadder. I don't know why anyone would want to tear these posters down. These are just little kids. They didn't do anything to deserve this. We have been so sad. We have been praying for them every single day. We made it extra hard for anyone to take these posters down. We want the world to know and to care about them. We said a special prayer for their safe return. We will continue to pray for them every single day until they return home. We want all these kids to come home now. Please share this video and let the world know. Bring them home. In a moment, more of my own perspective and a few predictions. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced that Israel not only offered fuel to Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital, but delivered the fuel, which was suspending operations, by the way, amid fierce fighting with Hamas. But the terrorists refused to accept the fuel. Netanyahu put it bluntly when he said, we just offered Shifa hospital fuel and they refused it. The entire exchange is actually available on audio and videotape. Israeli President Isaac Herzog revealed in an interview with the BBC, the British network, that the IDF forces found Adolf Hitler's book Mein Kampf, translated into Arabic, in a children's room in a civilian home that served as a terrorist base for Hamas in Gaza. Inside the home, IDF found weapons, explosives, weapons labs, computer labs, Herzog presented this finding as further proof that Hamas operates from the heart of the civilian population in Gaza. He said the terrorists wrote notes, marked the sections, and studied again and again Adolf Hitler's ideology of hating the Jews, killing the Jews, and burning and slaughtering Jews wherever they are. This is a real war we are facing, Herzog said. 
About 1,200 people in Tokyo, the capital of Japan, marched in support of Israel recently. The demonstrations came from various regions and islands, including the northern island of Hokkaido and the southern islands of Kyushu, Osaka, and Nagoya. Representatives of the Israeli and Jewish communities of Japan also came to the march, which was led by diplomats by the Israeli embassy in Japan. Israel's ambassador to Japan, Gilad Cohen, said, I am moved by the huge demonstration of support from Israel that took place today in Tokyo. Friends are measured in times of need, and the citizens of Japan are our friends, demonstrated this today. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu reminded the world that Palestinian Authority has still yet to condemn the massacre perpetrated by Hamas and stressed that the PA cannot control Gaza for that reason alone. In no uncertain terms, Netanyahu said, the day after the war, Israel will have, security-wise, control over the Gaza Strip, with the ability to enter whenever needed to eliminate terrorists who may resurface. There will be no Hamas. There will be no civil authority indoctrinating its children to hate Israel, to kill Israelis, or destroy the state of Israel. There cannot be an authority there that pays families of murderers based on the number of people they killed. It cannot be that the leader of that authority, more than 30 days after the massacre, still has not condemned it. That cannot stand. There will need to be something else there. There may be pressure on this issue, but I do not mean to give up. In an interview with Sky News, UK Defense Secretary Grant Shapps expressed support for Israel's fight against Hamas. Shapps says, if that terrorist attack a month ago had been on Britain and 1,400 Brits had lost their lives, the idea that we wouldn't pursue the terrorist organization when we knew where they were and that anyone would tell Britain that we shouldn't do that, I think would be rather improbable and extraordinary. And therefore Israel does have the right to do that. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said in an interview with CBS Network that the United States, quote, does not want to see battles in hospitals, unquote, in Gaza against the backdrop of Israel's activity around the medical centers in Gaza, where leaders of Hamas are hiding. Sullivan added that Washington is involved in negotiation over the compromise between Israel and Qatar regarding the hostages and that the administration in Gaza after the war will not look like it did on October 6th. According to him, it is up to the Palestinian people to decide what their future administration will look like. Hezbollah activity is intensifying in the north of Israel. Rockets and missiles are being launched with greater frequency and the IDF has detected several more anti-tank missiles launched from Lebanon towards Israel. The IDF is responding with artillery fire into Lebanon, targeting the location of the origin of all those launched rockets. It seems that Hezbollah is trying to hit Israel, but not too hard, so as not to provoke Israel into a more ferocious response. We've been thinking out loud about a lot today. Now that you know what I've been thinking, let me know what you're thinking. Email me at micah at jbstv.org. Tweet me at Micah Halpern. Tell me what you think. 
Before we end, let me leave you with one picante piece of information. Did you know that Mein Kampf, the manifesto written by Hitler, is not actually one book, it's actually two. It's two complete volumes, which were published separately and then brought into one. He wrote it in prison after being convicted for treason. In 1923, Hitler attempted a coup against Germany in a beer hall called the Beer Hall Putsch. He was arrested, tried, and convicted, and sentenced to prison. While in prison, he wrote this manifesto. Now, the whole idea, firstly, it's rambling, it's long, it doesn't go into uh, any sort of movement. What it does do, though, is it explains his idea of the final solution, of ridding the world, first Germany, and then the world of Jews. It's his solution to the problems of Germany itself and the problems of the world itself. Anyone interested in of focusing on murdering the Jews will use this as their manifesto. So it's no surprise that Hamas has it in their storerooms. Thank you for thinking out loud with me, Micah Halpern. Let's think out loud again next week on JBS. Mm-hmm.